us. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this place. We thank you for the people that are here this morning, that they, that they, they see their children. Um, they see these uh, topics that we're going to talk about. Um, they see your design for how we were created to live as being important enough that they want to give up some time to learn from us, learn from each other this morning about how to raise uh, and guide their children well in regards to friendships, dating, and sexuality. Lord, I just pray that we will have an attitude of hope this morning and not an attitude of fear. Um, Because as immersive and stressful as these topics are in the lives of our teenagers and the decisions they make about them, we know that you are bigger than this. You are better than this. And you have shown us the way. Um, And Lord, when we work together as a community of faith, um, we can look to you and know that uh, your way is best. And let us put our hope in you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. And I mean that authentically. That you know, I really hope this morning can we, we can have an attitude of hope. And yet there is no. My name is Chris. I am the uh, the student ministry pastor at Olathe. I have the privilege of doing that for one more week. So um, yeah, actually moving into a new role, I get a sabbatical that starts in a week. Um, and so then when I come back, I'll be working with our Marketplace Fellows Program with college grads because they desperately need help as well. We're going we're gonna to try and continue how we work with young people uh, and helping them transition into, into young adulthood and emerging adulthood. And I get the privilege of now helping with that, with that program. I'm really excited about that. But there is no denying the importance of the topic that we're talking about. We don't, you don't even have to hear that many statistics to really understand that, right? And we all hear the statistics, and we all wonder about the validity of them. But I wanted to just start with a couple just to remind us and give us some clarity about what we're talking about. Um, in terms of sexuality, the age at which kids start seeing online porn, any guesses? As young as six? A lot of that is accidental, but it's still there. Sexting is prevalent. And you know anybody, any of your kids who have a smartphone, you know that's probably there's something they're dealing with. If they've ever deleted the history on their phone from, a, from an app, that might be an indicator. But sexting, sexting is, pre, is prevalent. Studies vary anywhere between 6% to more than 50% of middle schoolers and high schoolers sext. And so there's a, there's a lot of reasons why people say it's 6% and just an anomaly to more than 50%, and it's a huge cultural problem, right? The truth is somewhere in the middle. 47.8% of high school students self-report to be sexually active. Now, that can all sound really scary, but there is some good news. Between 2006 and 2008, the number of teenage girls who were who uh, reported having sex before the age of 15 was actually down by 8%, from 19% to 11%. The lowest numbers in 30 years, which would mean they're self-reporting to have this, teenage girls are self-reporting to have the same amount of sex that teenage girls were reporting when we were in high school. So it's important to keep perspective that things are challenging. You know, this idea can really scare us. But it's always been challenging, right? A lot of this stuff was happening in some of the same ways. Now they're magnified as when we were in high school, when we were teenagers. 
Teenage pregnancy is at its lowest rate in three decades. There's a lot of reasons for that that we can say, you know, but it doesn't change. They're just better education or protection is more available. But there is some positives because we're talking, because we're thinking about this. We can extrapolate that data all we want. And it's a little bit of what we're going to do here this morning, but we're going to frame it a little bit differently. And like I said this morning, I want this to be mostly about hope. Adolescence is a beautiful time. Can be intimidating. Can be scary. But I'm of the mind that anytime someone has an opportunity and lives into the process of becoming who they were created to be by God, that's a beautiful thing. And we should encourage that. And that should be the dialogue. That should be the language. And that should be the tone in which we talk about it with our teenagers. Because we have hope. Because our God is bigger. And so this morning, fundamentally, this this morning, the three sessions that we're going to do are about two things. First, giving you, as a parent and a family, some frameworks and ideas around the friendships, dating, and sexuality of teenagers. You as a family unit. But second, it's also about giving you, a parent and family, a framework about how and why you should care about the friendship, the dating, and the sexuality of other people's kids. As long as we're only focusing on our own family unit, we're always going to struggle. We have to be concerned about each other's family and each other's kids. And if you've been through Razors here, you've heard this quote. The reason why we have to be concerned about each other's sex life and and each other's children's identity and sex life is because while sex is personal, it's not private. And that's a quote by a guy named Wendell Berry. He's a really fascinating author, really smart. Sex is personal, but it's not private. I'm not going to tell you about my sex life with my wife. Because it's personal. But it's not private. Because the health and welfare, uh, the health of my sex life with my wife affects my marriage, and my marriage affects the marriage and the relationships and friendships that I have with other people. In the case of my job, it affects how I work with students and families in the church. If we really believe that church is community in a web of relationships and a family like we say, then the health of your sex life, the health of your children's dating, friendships, and sexuality affects everybody that they're in relationship with. So we cannot say to each other, our sex life is private. It's personal, but it's not private. Which is why we're having this discussion here today. And I hope you don't listen in isolation. But with with an attitude of hope, you are willing to share your victories, but also your struggles with each other. Because we have much to learn from each other, and we have much to encourage each other about. You know, and this is also something why, you know, when we talk about sticky faith around here so much, we talk about the five to one ratio of relationships with kids is so important. You know, because I was just talking with one family outside and they were saying, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my kids, they're a bit free thinkers themselves and they make good decisions on their own. But, you know, can they be more persuaded when they're with their peers? And I struggle with that as well. My daughters seem to articulate good things at home when we're having conversations with them. But are they able to do that when they're outside of the home, when they're with their peers, when they're at school, when they're at work, when they're out at the movie theaters, when they're wherever? This is why we need more adults 
and speaking into the lives of each other's kids. Which is why we need to care about the, the, the friendships and the relationships and the sex lives of each other's kids and not just our own. I'm glad as a church that we have a vision for that, for, for that web of relationships, for that kind of community. I'm glad that we're willing to talk this openly about the, the, the health and lives of our teenagers. But I hope it won't just stay in the lives of our teenagers, that we'll, this kind of honesty will be able to lead us into healthy conversations with each other about these things. Because you can't model what you're not doing well yourself. And so as much as this morning is going to be teaching us about uh, how our teenagers engage in relationships, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to help us reflect on how we engage in our own relationships in this way as well. So this morning, um, I think almost everybody online signed up for one, two or three different sessions, correct? All right. And if you haven't and didn't sign up, you got to listen to some instruction now. We're going to have two different sessions this morning, and you have three different choices. Um, because we, we feel like there's three distinct issues that are here. There's teenagers and their friendships, teenagers and their dating relationships and dating choices, and then the sexuality and the sex life of teenagers. And so we're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you two chances to be in any two of those three sessions. So the session on friendships is going to be here on your left. Um, dating is going to be here in this room, and then the sexuality and sex lives of teenagers is going to be on your right.